This is reposted. Every morning, Larry and I dig into a quote or idea that has caught our eye. Our hope is that our chat inspires you to never stop thinking and possibly challenges you in a new way. If you'd like to help support the show, please visit patreon.com slash reposted. Thank you for stopping by. Did you see the story of this 61-year-old San Francisco socialite, socialite who gave it all away to become a nun? That's right. Anne Russell Miller had been, has been in the news because she passed away at the ripe old age of 92 in a Benedictine convent. Born in 1928, by the age of 20, she married an electricity baron in San Francisco. They had 10 kids. They were high society in San Francisco. She was on 22 boards, lived in a nine-bedroom house in San Francisco. That's a big deal. Here's a quote about her. She had a million and one friends. She smoked. She drank. She played cards. She became an open-water diver. Well, her husband died of cancer in 1984. Five years later, she gave away everything she owned and joined the Sisters of Our Lady of Mount Carmel in De Plains, Illinois. On her 61st birthday, she threw a big party for 800 people with caviar and lots of booze. Then she just left for the nunnery. Carmelite nuns live in silence. They don't leave. They basically sleep on a wooden plank and they don't see anyone. She has 28 grandchildren, many of whom she never met. She has like a dozen great grandchildren whom she never met. Her friends and family kept thinking she was going to come out of the nunnery. She never did. She left her for 30 years. So here's where I'm at with this story. We all get weird voices that pop into our head every once in a while, right? On the darker side of that, life gets hard. Seems like it's not worth it anymore. Some of those thoughts lead down the road of suicide. I suppose on the other side of that is complete freedom. Sell everything. Become a hippie. Get a camper van. Drive around the country. What are we supposed to do with the crazy thoughts that pop into our head? Are we supposed to just go join a nunnery, Mr. Keller? I mean, I guess if if it's a calling to you... I. Would do you think that people are called to uh, leadership in the church? Like, are priests called? Because I know every single pastor I've met said that God called them there, but I don't know if that's your ego saying this is what I should be doing, or if it's actually a thing. And if if you believe that, I think being called to a life of silence might be more of a call that you might be getting than um, leading be, being Joel Olstein. So, do you think that's a thing? Yeah, I'm kind of with you. I don't really know. I used to think I was very, very like, oh, yeah, you're called. But now I'm like, man, maybe that's just the voices in your head. So kind of on that idea of calling, do you think she lived a dual life and that she had partied and gotten it out of her system? And all of a sudden, God talked to her and said, you need to make a left turn. Or do you think throughout her life, she was like, you know what? Eventually, I'm, I'm just going to get all the partying out of my system now. And then I'm going to go serve God. Um. I would I would guess that no, I don't think that while you're in the middle of partying, you're like, this is going to be a finite amount of time. She did like recap, I think on her birthday, said the first 30 years were for me. The next 30 years were for my family and the end of my life is going to be for God, which is a very nice, neat bow that it all kind of worked in thirds. But I, I would guess there's probably some event that I mean, her husband dying was probably tragic. And then she probably looked around and was like, what am I doing all this for? Um, but I mean, there is from an outsider, there's something selfish about never seeing your grandkids. That was my big question to you. Is it selfish in life if you're this person and then you just leave your 10 kids, your grandkids and never see them again? Is that selfish? 
I mean, I definitely, if they're under 18, I think all our kids are grown by that yes. point. So it's like, well, you can do whatever you want. And I don't know at what point you're still beholden to them. Um, I mean, it definitely, I would think made her kids sad. I mean, they all thought she was going to come out of it. I guess on the flip side, or maybe not flip side, but if you died, would you want your wife to do that? Or if she died, would you do that? I really think I don't want to um, um, jump into that. Like, I want it to be my wife's decision, whatever it is. I don't want to make a point about what I think she should do. I think life's hard enough as it is. Yeah. I want her to decide on her own without my input. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what I would do. Um, I don't think I would live a life of solitude and quiet. But I mean, that's crazy to think about having a type of personality that's always at social events and then never speaking or rarely speaking again. Um, I mean, it's hard enough now to even do that for a day, let alone the rest of your life. Do you uh, think do you think she was two different people? Like she was like, like, what was going on there? Like she was this socialite that everybody loved, but she could also live in solitude for 30 years. Was she like completely two different people? I mean, yeah, maybe she was an introvert and just being in that life. That's what she thought she should be yeah. and presented as an extrovert. I mean, I, I've met people who I yes. thought were very extroverted and I get to know them. They're like, no, I'm not that at all. So maybe she was living the life that she thought she should. And when and, her and husband. That's, that doesn't seem that crazy, right? Because you're a mom, you're wrapped up in a social scene in San Francisco, and you kind of just have to go with the flow. So I don't think it's obscene that she could have been an introvert, got wrapped up in it, and said, when I'm done with this, I'm going to leave it all. Yeah. And I mean, like you said, she married a electrical titan or whatever, whatever the word you was like, you, she probably got thrust into this lifestyle. It's yeah. not like she's like, oh, I'm going to make all this money and then I'm going to throw all these parties. Uh, it was a different time then you dutifully do what the, is best for the marriage and probably hosting these events and being on boards is what was best for them and maybe not for her. Do so, you think there's a chance that she was um, spite nunning? Like she had this idea, like I partied, then she goes to the nunnery. She's thinking like, everybody thinks I'm going to come out of this thing and I'm not, I'm going to stay here out of spite and not go see anybody. I think it's definitely a spite. One of the most interesting <laughs> things I thought about that was like one of her sons said she, he'd only seen her like twice. And when you go visit that nunnery, you can only interact to the, with them behind bars, like Jeez. a very aggressive metal bars, probably more aggressive than talking behind the plexiglass in a jail. So like, I, I know you're there by choice, but like there's things in place that you probably that becomes your new normal. And that's, that's strange to me. You know, the only analogy that I could kind of come up with it somewhat makes sense is Bill Gates in that it, Bill Gates at one point was the richest man in the world, built this Microsoft and was a complete businessman. And then eventually just gives it all away and focuses on philanthropy. I feel like that's a major shift, right? Business, 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 make money and then give it all away and focus on making the world a better place. I feel like that has some similarities. I mean, some similarities, but she's focusing on herself and her relationship with God. She's yeah. not testifying to people. She's not helping others. It's more of like uh, introspection. And like, it feels like Catholic guilt to me where, okay, now you got to do 30 years from all the drinking and smoking that you've done. <laughs> you know, if I was one of her friends, I, I feel like I would have said, did I know her? Like, and I, I think that's a valid, like, she parted, she hung out, and then she didn't want anything to do with this. So I feel like that's the, like, did I really know her in the first place? 
Yeah, I would say probably not. Like if someone I consider to be a friend did something that drastic and I, I was completely floored, I'd be like, well, I didn't really know them. They were hiding who they actually were. So maybe, yeah, let's go full circle. And she that's who she always was. I think so. My last sort of idea on this is that she clearly had everything. Giant house, lots of friends, lots of money. Da -da 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 -da. You think she figured it out? You know what? Actually, life's simple. All you need to sleep is on a wooden plank and meet God, and you're going to be just as happy as if you had everything you could ever want. Yeah, I mean, the, I, I guess there is something also about having having everything. She didn't like, it's not something she wanted, but you hear so many stories of people winning the lottery or people getting whatever and not mm -hmm. feeling fulfilled. And she's like, all right, I've been doing this. I don't feel fulfilled. And she realized that maybe for her life, it was more fulfilling to sleep on some wooden planks. Give me some odds that uh, you just get an email from me tomorrow and it's like, hey, I've joined a convent. I'm out. Sorry. Peace out. Uh, Have a good life. That would be an interesting twist. <laughs> Tune in tomorrow to see if Larry's on the show or not. <laughs> if you want to take a spot, reach out at Reposted Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. I'm Andrew Keller for Friar Tuck. Thanks for stopping by. <laughs>